The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Trending. We're joined by Aoife Barry, Assistant News Editor of the Journal.ie and on Tomas McDermott, Managing Director of the Communications Clinic. And Aoife, the big story of the week here in Ireland seems to have been outrage about passports and the length of time it takes to get some passports, but also the way that one TD decided to deal with it all was to get the Passport Express renamed as Post Passport. Really? Yeah, um, there's Finnegale TD, Emer Higgins. I kind of there's a pause there because it's like, how do we even talk about the story? It seems really bizarre. It feels like a very Irish way of dealing with a very Irish problem. You know um, when they changed the name after the windscale nuclear disaster to Sellafield? You know, you change a name to try and get rid of the sort of the bad vibes about the past. But changing exactly. the name of Passport Express to past pass, post to passport. passport. How's that going to help the situation? Exactly. What it does is it kind of obfuscates the idea of what's going on, which is that what 195,000 outstanding pla- passport applications are in the ether somewhere that they've had to double the staff that are working in the passport office, and that like we've reported in the journal so many times on delays. I mean, there are so many issues of people waiting over the last couple of years for passports, and then to be told that Passport Express, which by its name you would assume would mean you'd get the passport faster, is actually being called Post Passport, which kind of has a funny ring to it. Because because it's supposed to mean passport by post, but also like post passport, it almost mean like we're past the point of even getting a passport in the first place, if you want to kind of think about it in that way. Um, so Emer Higgins had a very, you know, very positive smiley video that she put up on Twitter saying that she had campaigned for this move for Passport Express to be renamed as Post Passport. And she was really happy that it had happened. And because, like I said, this is an do Irish situation to an to Irish change problem. A name or do they want the situation sorted out? She got a lot of abuse over it in the end, as you can imagine. Yeah, because of all the kind of specific achievements a politician could have, I'm not sure this one is going to have the most impact on the yeah. citizen. Wouldn't put it on the CV. Like, no, yeah. what she's saying is it's going to remove the confusion around slower turnaround times. Mm. But I don't think there's any confusion around it. People know that the passports are slower than they should be right yeah. now. I do have quite a fair bit of sympathy though for the people working in the passport office because obviously what has happened is two years of nobody worrying about their Mm. passport and everybody suddenly having a look and saying oh gosh I need to travel now over the next period of time and that they begin to look at it and try and sort it out. Is that really it? Because I thought there were all sorts of issues even over the last couple of years people were trying to get their passports renewed and there was just a shortage of people going to the passport office to do the physical work required. Well, there's an element of that, but they're also saying that demand is up 50%, for example, and that they're upping the staff from 460 to 900 people, which again is a positive piece. But what the passport office do say as well is that 40% of the forms that come to them, there are errors within them. Now, that tells us one or two things. Either the forms are very difficult to fill out, that leads to 40% of our citizens not being able to fill them out correctly. Are they effectively saying that 40% of their customers, if you want to use that word, are too thick to actually send them in properly? Well, that could be the other alternative. You never tell your customer that they're actually thick, do you? I think there might be, I've heard kind of anecdotally there potentially is an issue of people sending in the photographs and maybe the photographs don't kind of pass the bar for what needs to be on the uh, passports. Because I actually, on behalf of my children, sent some in for redoing last year and if you don't actually take the photograph in the right way the app won't accept it so people, so, so it shouldn't go through. Then it shouldn't you would go think. through yeah. unless you've actually taken it properly. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that begs the question. Maybe that's again just chat amongst people that they're saying, oh, "My kids, you know, what didn't go through or whatever." But yeah, I mean, it like 
it's a kind of a conundrum because it's continually an ongoing issue. There were issues as well um, with, with kind of delays with birth and marriage registrations and things like that. And with the de- delays of birth registrations, you now probably have a backlog of people who want their babies to get passports added on to what you're saying there, Owen, about kind of like post-pandemic um, as well. So, I mean, this idea of renaming Passport Express that maybe people realise it's not really Express doesn't do anything about solving the issue that's actually happening which is why you were getting so much kind of reaction to it online. The other thing that fascinated me yesterday was when uh, Danny McConnell from The Examiner was on with us about that politicians have the right to actually chase down a certain number of passports per week with the post with the passport office. Lots of people saying that their big issue is they don't know where it's stuck. They don't know when they're going to get it. Yet if you get onto a TD, a TD can take either 15 or 20 requests a week and get preference into the system. That's it. 20, they're capped at 20 at the minute but they're, and they're given out about that, that they actually want to be able to, to do it more. But that's right. So you if can you ring know your, a friendly TD that they'll look after you. Well, like it doesn't out. necessarily have to be a friendly TD, Matt. They should represent all of their constituents equally. So you, know you, ring, I mean. up your, you, know I mean. you ring up your TD and they'll go and find it out for it. So what it is is really representative democracy at its best. You know, that if you, know, if you can imagine you couldn't find your passport in the US, who do you call? You don't know. Whereas if you're in Ireland, given our proximity to our national representatives you get on to your TD and they'll find it out interesting enough you can understand why the TDs really want it because if they have sorted out your passport Matt you are going to be indebted to them and there's actually a really interesting book um, written by a guy called Robert Cialdini that looks at influence and the psychology and the psychology around influencing and what he found is that if people feel indebted to you whether it's subconsciously or consciously that they'll feel that they have to do something for you even if they don't like you so you mightn't like the politicians oh, the Healy Rays get so many votes in Kerry that because they do things like operating the buses for eyesight operations up to the north that no matter what people might think of the Healy Rays they'll still vote for them as a thank you. Precisely, that's what his thesis is. There are listeners though if are getting in touch to say that actually a lot of people are getting their passports back very quickly. That if you do it properly online, you get them back within days. Yeah, like I've worked with a couple of people who said the same things. They didn't have any issues and other people who are having big issues. And that's the kind of thing with it that, you know, you know, these TDs, for example, are getting 50 to 60 queries a week about passport issues. So there clearly is something going on there. But then other people seems to go kind of fine. Maybe the maybe the the ideal situation is apply online and that kind of is like the faster way of getting things done but it just means people can't you know it's not just going on holidays that you need your passport for it can be all sorts of reasons that people need to travel really quickly I mean we we did a story not too long ago I think about a woman and her daughter who urgently needed to travel I think it was to Poland and they couldn't get the passport ended up getting solved very quickly after we uh, wrote the article about it but you shouldn't have to go to a TD you shouldn't have to go to the media to speed up these sort of things and yet that's part of the system really here as we've Listener seen across says, the board The passport app accepted a photo I sent to renew my child's passport however I got an email afterwards saying it was rejected because of a strand of hair over the face um, Why is the Los Angeles Police Department looking on to Angarda Shikana for advice on recruiting women? You will be, Angarda Shikana have been highly effective at recruiting women in their last recruitment drive so in their last drive for members they got 11,000 applications and 40% of those were from women, which was a a great success because I suppose a police service should represent 
the citizens and be a reflection back of the citizens of the country. And what Angarda Siakana were endeavouring to do was to make it more inclusive, more diverse, a more equal um, service that they provided. So they targeted female members, members from uh, minorities, and they were highly successful at it. And the LAPD looked at that and said, gosh, we'll have to go learn from those people over there. And they have consulted with Angarda Siakana and the recruitment around it because their objective is to have in their in the LAPD's next recruitment drive, 50% uh, female applications. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see. I mean, I think um, I was reading a really interesting article kind of related to that on the Dublin Inquirer about how they're, the Guardia are reaching out to minorities and trying to make sure that there's more diverse um, policing body there. And I think the idea of LAPD, which people would assume is like such a huge, massive organisation reaching out to this very small Ireland and the kind of small thousands of Guardia that we would have, seeing that we have a third of the Guardia are women, shows that we're leading in some respects. But the issue is going to be mm. that we're going to have to have people from Eastern European backgrounds and African backgrounds in Angarda Shikana in much greater numbers in future aren't we? Well you're going to have to diversify you know the force if you want to represent people of, across different communities and I, again actually I would recommend people read that article because there's people went to the, the meetings that the Guardia were holding trying to recruit people and they were saying they couldn't actually apply for various reasons they were maybe too old I think you have to be 35 or, or younger isn't it to apply um, or they were from a background where they were saying actually I'm racially I feel like I'm being profiled in some sense or I feel like I'm actually stopped a lot by the Guardia so that prevents me having a positive relationship with you why would I want to become a Guardia myself so there's a lot of different questions around diversity that the Guardian have to answer if they want to, you know, and tackle if they want to improve diversity in the force. They clearly are trying to do it. So those first steps are definitely welcome. Okay, we've lots more to talk about the week trending with Aoife Barry and on Tomas McDermott after we come back. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Brian O'Tree says. Never understood people's fawning over the Healy Rays. Anybody can get the forms they give you from doctors or via citizens' advice or if they have a social worker. TD should be doing TD's work, not filling in forms for people. OK, uh, Ricky Gervais has a new Netflix special and it has been criticised as dangerous and transphobic. Why, Aoife? Yeah, um, the LGBTQ advocacy organisation GLAAD, which is based in America, is amongst the many uh, that have criticised his new show. And it's being criticised because of, I don't want to read out any of the quotes that he said because they're, they're not nice um, but it's being criticised over stuff that he said about trans people and this is a Netflix show and I think what's kind of remarkable about it is that it wasn't that long ago that Dave Chappelle was getting the same sort of criticism for his Netflix show, show Closer and Netflix is the kind of company that has really allied itself with like you know the Democrats in the US and with more liberal ways of being and had um, really prominent trans characters on Orange is the New Black which is one of the series that actually really catapulted Netflix to kind of global global fame. So it's a real misstep and a real step backwards to be kind of platforming these very, I mean, they're very high profile comedians, so they're not, you know, from the backwards of nowhere, but saying what are really not, not nice, not funny, not anything comments um, that I think are really upsetting a lot of people. Uh, you mentioned Dave Chappelle, but Owen, there was also Jimmy Carr. Netflix documentaries. That's right. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a thread, trend here in comedy docu- or comedy uh, sessions on Netflix. Well, the, it is a trend where comedians are saying things that people are finding offensive. Um, and but so isn't that f- the job of comedians to say the unsayable, to challenge conventional mores? You know, even if you are offended by it, there is still a freedom of expression involved. And I actually watched the Gervais Netflix show Supernature, and that was part of the thesis in the lead-in to uh, his jokes 
which were not particularly funny, um, they were pretty obvious and they were quite offensive, you could say, to many people around trans people. Uh, I think if you you were to look at it across a couple of things, the Dave Chappelle one was where we got the sense that Netflix don't really care about this because Netflix staff... Uh, protested yeah. about it and Netflix pretty much told them if you don't like it go find yourselves another job and some did go and find so, themselves yeah, another job but they, were, result, they yeah. didn't really care then we saw the similar where Ricky Gir- or um, Jimmy Carr sailed very close to the wind about jokes around the Holocaust mm. and again he wasn't cancelled and he still had the show and he's still very employable. So I think if you look, Ricky Gervais, as we know, he may not be particularly funny, but he's a very bright man, looked at this and thought, okay, well, there is an opportunity, for example, to to get some publicity and he knew that the jokes he was going to tell would be soundbite and and cut like they have been and that would get the level of publicity and coverage for him. If you watch the stand-up though, he he caveats everything and he wraps context around it and he leads into these jokes where he uses phrases and statements like trans rights are human rights, I believe that trans rights are human rights, I support trans people. It's all wrapped up in, in this element and that he talks about that part of the funny is the irony of people saying things that they don't believe. Yet he still said them. But that was that was how he couched all of this piece. So I think that gives him cover. I also think, though, he is he recognises that perhaps we're at the, the crest of the that kind of woke wave where you can say jokes like this, like Dave Chappelle, like um, Jimmy Carr and like himself now, where you're not going to be cancelled. And that level of what we call cancel culture, I think is diminishing more and more now. And I think that uh, Ricky Gervais has spotted that and that has led to something that we have seen yeah. in his Supernature show. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right that like he's someone who knows how to get publicity for his work and he, he is someone who always tries to rile people up whenever he's presenting awards shows and things. He'll say like the most annoying offensive things not just even offensive it's like annoying deliberately much like his character in the office to try and just rile people up and I mean looking at David Dave Chappelle he's going on to host and produce four Netflix specials comedy specials with other uh, comedians showcasing other comedians work so I mean he's certainly not being cancelled but like I think the thing about thing about comedy is yeah technically you could say a joke about anything but the question is whether or not you're punching up or punching down and if you're making jokes that are really marginalised community you'd really want to make sure those are good jokes and that you're not mm-hmm. actually punching down on those people and the problem is is that a lot of the comedians that are we're seeing kind of hauled over the coals over it are punching down and are saying things that are pointless and useless and actually really hurt people um, as opposed to there are trans com- comedians out there there's LGBTQ comedians out there who are making probably really good funny jokes that people will recognise themselves in you know it's like you know as a woman going to a comedy show or an Irish person if someone says a joke that you know is deliberately punching down on you as a woman you're just going to like what but if somebody has an insight into what you do that maybe you're a bit mortified about or that you think yeah that's a bit specific to me as a person from Cork or whatever that's totally different to feeling like you are being punched down and I think that's the problem that we're seeing here. Totally. I think it's interesting though, the Chris Rock joke at Jada Pinkett Smith um, and Will Smith's reaction to mm-hmm. it. What I thought was interesting was when people began to say it was only a joke. Yeah. It was just words. And I thought that was where we are now starting to see that trend where comedians like Ricky Gervais or Jimmy Carr or whoever are saying jokes and we're beginning to hear more of, well, it was just a joke. It was words and that they're wrapping the joke because Jimmy Carr led up to the Holocaust joke with context and um, there is a version of that leading and wrapping it around maybe to give them cover Mm. or to what Ricky Gervais was suggesting. It is the irony in saying things that you you don't believe to be fact. Okay, Uh, tell us about Billie Eilish, uh, Aoife, and uh, living with Tourette's syndrome. What is that? It's so interesting. Um, Yeah, so... 
basically a Tourette syndrome in a nutshell it can cause people to make things like involuntary sounds and movements that, that are called ticks I mean there's you can look it up online to get a bit more information about it it's hard to, hard to put it in kind of one sentence but it usually starts in during childhood with people and they might experience ticks and other symptoms and get diagnosed with Tourette's um, they usually do improve apparently after several years sometimes they go away completely but sometimes they don't and, and people live people live with them and she's only 20 and she's one of the world's most famous people and I think it's really great that she's come out and talked about this because she's not kind of trying to kind of talk about it in a situation where she's not where she's downplaying the impact that it has on her own individual situation in her life because there might be people listening to this this uh, segment now who, are, who who live with Tourette's syndrome and might have a different experience but she basically said that you know she really loves talking about it but She's a bit, she's confused by it herself. You know, she said people don't always react in a good way when she experiences a tick. She says that she has experienced an offensive reaction from people, you know, that sometimes she might have a conversation with someone and she might express something and that she actually is quite exhausted by what goes on. You know, it's tiring for her. It's not kind of a funny thing. It's not a light thing. Um, and it's been going on since since she was a child and it, it seems to have kind of changed and, and evolved a bit with her. But I think like she's a really good example of a young person who brings these big topics out for young people to talk about and you know whether it's kind of body image or just being famous being a young young woman and now talking about Tourette syndrome um, is another example of kind of how smart she is I suppose and what she's going through too behind the scenes you know Yeah and she's one of the first people that I've encountered or seen with Tourette's that was famous for something else other than having Tourette's yeah. and that, that her, she has been able to build a very successful career with this very de- debilitating condition um, I think it's, it's quite interesting where she said look it's very exhausting because you can imagine that things that some people find offensive or some people find funny but that you yourself are struggling to contain must be incredibly exhausting and difficult but if people there's a really interesting website called Tourette'sHero.com they also have a a Twitter account it's um, Jess Thom is the woman herself who has Tourette's but it's a very interesting community that's been developed and that talks about how to deal with um, ticks for example examples of ticks but it has really created this kind of resource for people with Tourette's a kind of a community that is really obviously trying to help it become more known and therefore the fact that it may be more known more patient and people can be more patient with it. Just to finish um, such a well known actor Ray Liotta died yesterday it was announced at the age of just 67 and I suppose he's always going to be remembered more than anything else uh, Owen for Goodfellas Oh yeah, I was sad to see, I, a big fan of Ray Liotta yeah. and big, big fan of Goodfellas. Uh, what a fantastic movie, Scorsese, De, um, De Niro, Pesci. Um, and one of the, the tributes, there was lots of tributes going around in, in relation to the movie and to Ray Liotta, but the, the one that jumped out was from Lorraine Bracco, who played opposite him as his wife in Goodfellas, where she said, people come up and tell me that their favourite movie is Goodfellas. Then they always ask me, what was the best part of making that movie? And she she says, my response is always the same, Ray Liotta. And I think that having a tribute like that from a co-worker or from a colleague says a lot about the man rather than simply the actor. And I think the world will miss Ray Liotta. He was a brilliant actor and certainly he created some brilliant art. Yeah, there was a really interesting clip, uh, clips going around from interviews with him and also Martin Scorsese about before he hired him to work on Goodfellas about how they met, I think it was at Cannes Film Festival around the time The Temptation, Last Temptation of Christ came out and there was a lot of kind of backlash against Scorsese because he had loads of bodyguards around him um, and really Otto came up to him and was kind of stopped by the bodyguards and instead of reacting, he kind of stood his ground and kind of said to them, I want to talk to Martin Scorsese and his reaction there showed Scorsese that he knew these situations where you were kind of on a knife's edge and you could go one way 
way, but you're actually holding your ground. And then he went and hired him to work, to, to, to play Hill in uh, Goodfellas. And I thought that kind of summed him up in, in so many ways. It was a really good anecdote. It's uh, floating around uh, Twitter, those two interviews, if people want to check those out. Aoife Barry, Assistant News Editor with the Journal.ie and on to Mike Dermott, Managing Director of the Communications Clinic. Thank you both for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. <laughs> The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.